Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive into deep questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we're diving into hosting client events at a high level and sharing what we're doing to create great experiences and turn these events into a solid source of transaction for years. Let's go ahead and jump in. You know, normally we have uh, two screens side by side because our coaches are typically located in another part of the country or another part of the state. And today we just finished up the JGA, our team sales meeting right around the corner. And uh, we walked over and said, hey, let's have a conversation about our client events and what we're doing to have success at our client events, what our best practices are at them, um, what what we have found that's working, what's not working, and let's make sure we share it with our audiences. I know that a lot of you are joining us potentially for the first time. Uh, I know a lot of you are solo agents. I know several of you are agents on teams or maybe your operations team members, or maybe your lead agents leading teams and you're looking to do better with your client event. So if you're a first timer, meaning you've never been on a Glover U webinar or session before, go ahead and put 555 down in the chat. I want to see our first timers on the screen over there. Wow. Tons of first timers. Oh my gosh. Tons of you. Great. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. For those that aren't familiar, my name is Jeff Glover. I've been listing and selling real estate here in the great state of Michigan now. This past May was my 20th year in the business. And so uh, if you're wondering, like, who is this Glover U? I see ads or I get emails or maybe I get spam from you guys. Uh, We jokingly call ourselves a non-denominational coaching and training company for agents from all brokerages, from all bl- from all brands, whether you're independents, whether you're from Remax, Keller Williams, Cole Banker, Century 21, EXP, everyone's welcome in our world. And we now have not just hundreds, but thousands of success stories around the country of people having success using our methods. And so today we're going to do something that we haven't done before on a webinar. And that is sharing with you the success that we're having with client events. You know, I was never a big fan of client events. In fact, we didn't really have much of a database. Uh, it was an Excel spreadsheet. And we finally put together a database plan about five years ago, and it included a heavy emphasis on client events. And so now we swear by them. I mean, when we look at our database business five years ago, watch this. We were doing a thousand transactions a year, five years ago, less than 100 of those sales a year came from our database. Today, we sell the same thousand homes, but over 400 transactions a year come from our database. And we know client events are a big way that we get those transactions and stay in great contact and and lead to future referrals and so forth. So we're going to be sharing with you all the ins and outs of everything we're doing to have success with client events today, this Tuesday, June the 21st. It's also Miss Kerrigan's birthday, which I'll get to her intro in just a bit. So we picked a great day for this particular session. So you should have a workbook printed. If you would do me a favor, get this printed out because there's certain things in here that we will reference during today's webinar. So do us a favor, get this printed out and or at least at a minimum, have it up as a PDF on a side screen or you know at the bottom. And from time to time, when we reference this, you're going to want to maximize the screen so you can go to what I'm pointing out. There's a lot of free resources in here as well. So first things first, do me a favor. Now that you have your workbook in front of you, turn to the Uh, I believe it's the fourth page in your workbook. It says free resource checklist. 
Now you're all adults. I don't necessarily need to go through and explain every single one of these resources to you, but I'm going to point out to you the most popular ones right now, or at least what I would consider our hottest resources. Okay. So number one, you'll see on there, the bottom left-hand side, it says Jeff's morning message. Every day, Monday through Friday, I send out a daily text message of something relating to what's going on in the industry. So something it's sales related, sometimes it's operations related, sometimes it's marketing related, sometimes it's industry related, sometimes it's just, hey, I went on an appointment last night, sellers were interviewing agents, here's what they said to me, here's how I handled it. Well, anyways, if you're a current subscriber to our daily text message, do me a favor, raise your hand down in the chat. Just give me, a, give me a high five or give me some hands up down in the chat if you currently receive our daily text message or just put in there, yep, I received the daily text. I'm looking at the screen over here, high five, thumbs up. Yeah, those work too. Yeah, if you get the daily text message. Okay, good. A lot of you, great. So for those of you that don't currently subscribe to it, first of all, it's absolutely free. Second of all, here's how you get it. So take out your cell phones. I just set mine over there. So take out your cell phones and open up your text messages, just as if you were texting a new friend. All right, so go to your text messages and hit new message. And the phone number is 55444. So the phone number is 55444. I know it's only five digits. Don't worry, it'll work. And in the body of the message, just type morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G. You're texting the word morning to 55444. And within 30 seconds or so, it's going to ask you your name and voila, you're set up. And that's for our daily text message. <laughs> Do you know that I'm not registered? I'm I'm signing up right now. She's signing up for the first time. That's great. We always give our coaches a hard time about reading the daily messages and she's I not even on. Them out every day. Okay. She reads them every day because she gets them out. So that's the daily text message. That's one of the hottest resources. We have thousands of agents around the country on that. And it's no spam. Don't worry. We'll use email for that. It's all real estate relevant, real information. That's the daily text. 55444 is the number. Text the word morning. The second resource I want to point out is you'll see on the bottom right-hand corner of this page in your workbook, so everyone should have this. Bottom right-hand corner, it says Glover Gazette. That's this physical publication. We produce now 50,000 copies of these, and we send them out free postage, free printing. You don't pay a dime. We send these out to over 50,000 real estate agents and brokers across the country. If you'd like to get your hands on it, it's super simple. I'll show you how to do that. Go to your Facebook app. All right, so take out your phone. You Let's see if you're in the inner I, circle. I absolutely am. Take out your phone. Search Glover U Inner Circle. So on the right-hand corner, there's a little uh, magnifying glass. Just type in Glover U Inner Circle. It'll come up. Yep, there it is. And it's going to ask you to subscribe to our quarterly publication. That's this. If you want it, put your information in there. We'll drop it in the mail to you. It's 80 to 90 pages of real estate sales and business all the time. All right. That's the Glover Gazette. Are you doing social media right now? I'm We're in the middle of the okay, good. Uh, well, I wasn't looking. You might need to take that photo again. Um, if you want this, it's yours. Go to the Facebook group, Glover U Inner Circle. And when it asks you for your mailing address, don't give us your email because this is physical. All right. We'll get that out to you. Now, for those of you that are already part of the Inner Circle, there's a little side way to get to it if you're not already receiving this regularly. You just go to gloveru.com forward slash gazette. That's G-L-O-V-E-R, the letter U.com forward slash gazette. And we'll drop this in the mail to you. Great, great copy, great edition. Okay. The last 
resource that I want to live leave you with today. Um, do me a favor, turn to the first clean sheet of paper in your workbook, turn to the first clean sheet of paper in your workbook. And at the top, it says best practices for hosting client events, first clean sheet of paper in your workbook. And I want you to write down gloveru.com, gloveru.com forward slash tour, gloveru.com forward slash tour. Now I know many of you have joined us. We are visiting 45 cities this time right now, this tour. And we're doing a five steps to 15 more sellers this summer. We've been having sellout crowds in almost every city that we go to. And the reason why I had you write that down is number one, because you can see the cities that we have left and we might have a city in your backyard. You can drop that in the chat, gloveru.com forward slash tour, please. And also for those of you that are nowhere near a city, there's 45 of them. You got to be within two hours of some of these cities anyways, or you may have missed one in the past. We are doing a virtual live broadcast tomorrow from Cleveland. So we have a big stop tomorrow in Cleveland, five steps to 15 more sellers. We're broadcasting that live and it's a three hour session from nine until noon tomorrow. So go to gloveru.com forward slash tour to join us for that. You've been on a few of them in the back of the room. And what is the feedback you're hearing so far? People are leaving with multiple pages of notes, you know, five, six, seven, eight pages of notes. Um, we make a joke that it's only $29. And so hopefully we have a pretty good uh, return on your investment. And I think people are getting way more than that. Yeah, it's five steps of 15 more sellers. But honestly, we probably share 46 different ideas and strategies. And they're not like made up things. They're things that we're using right now in our business to take 60 to 80 listings per month. So go to gloveru.com forward slash tour to see if we're going to be in a city near you or join us for the virtual tomorrow. We promise we won't, won't let you down on that. Okay. Let's jump into today's topic. So for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, Ms. Kerrigan next to me has been in business with me for almost 10 years, Yep. almost 10 years, uh, nine, nine and a half, I guess it's coming February 10. And you've had pretty much every role in our company. And, and you've had from, you know, marketing assistant to transaction coordinator, to listing manager, to executive assistant, to, um, you know, director of operations of our team to now director of operations of Live Unreal, which includes our team yep. and also brokerages and Glover U and, and several other businesses. And now you're also running a title company. And so you've got a lot of things um, under your belt that you've accomplished. But one of the things that you have your hand in at a very high level, and it's never dipped, in fact, it's probably even more today than it was in the past, is putting on our client events. And yeah. so you're, you're, you're not just the party planner. Cause there's a strategy. I mean, it's, it's fun to put on client events cause you get to play party planner for a little bit, but there's a lot more to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the mistake that a lot of teams and agents make is they just, Oh, this is cool. I can plan a party. I love it. Right. And there's a strategy behind it. So why don't we talk about that for a bit? Absolutely. So today we're going to cover, basically we have seven key things um, that I think Jeff has, you may not even have in, or directly taught me each of these things, but indirectly throughout the years, I've learned that there's seven key things that we have to do at every single event. And so I spent some time documenting those. And then today at the end of today's webinar, we're actually going to go through kind of some different options of different client events, one on a larger scale, and then obviously small and medium as well. 
Um, so like Jeff mentioned, I've been working under the Jeff Glover and Associates name for the last 10 years. We've planned hundreds of client events. So we've learned the good ways of doing things, the bad ways of doing things, um, how to avoid hiccups when you're hosting client events. And so fortunately, you get to learn everything that we've done really well and everything that maybe we didn't do so well during today's webinar. So hopefully you get some value out of it. So we're going to actually first jump in with the seven steps. So for the first one, I want you to write down the word timing. And so obviously, feel free to chime in. At seven steps of what? Of hosting a client event successfully. So I would actually say it's probably seven key things that you want to make sure you do at every single client event or okay. take into consideration for every single mm -hmm. client event. So you took a look at everything we do at client events. Yes. And yeah, there's little things here and there, you know, mm -hmm. detail type stuff. But you took a look at everything we're doing and you said, okay, Absolutely. If you're going to host a client event today, which by the way, in a market shift, there's no better way to get in front of your clients. And then once you have a client event, getting the message of what's going on in the market, making sure they understand the message of what's going on in the market, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But these are the seven things absolutely must do is if you're going to do a client event, you cannot do it without these. Correct. So today we're not talking about, okay, make sure that you have a sign at the front, make sure that you, you know, have your you know, shirts on that have your your team name. It's not stuff like that today. We're talking serious things that we've learned over the last 10 years of, okay, we can't make this mistake again, or we need to make sure that we do this next time. Mm -hmm. So that's what these seven things are. Absolute must do's, must take into consideration when you're planning a client event, if you want to generate referrals for life. If you just want to have a cool party and you want to hang out with some of your past clients and your friends, okay, awesome. You know, host that event the way that you want to. If you want to generate potential referrals for the rest of your life from these clients, these are the seven things that you need to take into consideration. Awesome. Let's hear. Okay. So number one, timing. One of the most important things, and I think that sometimes agents consider this and don't consider this is, are you planning your events right before your best peak season or peak market time? Meaning, for example, one of the events that we host at Jeff Walmart Associates, and we host it religiously every single year is Detroit Tigers opening day. Detroit Tigers are our baseball team in the state of Michigan and their opening day, which is, you know, their first home game is always right before the break of spring, right before the, you know, sometimes we get really lucky. I always play like, okay, is this year going to be a year where it's going to be like 70 and beautiful, mm -hmm. or is it going to be snowing and still be 50 or 40, you know, whatever. When you live in the Midwest, you never know. Right. So usually we fall somewhere in the middle, but my point with that is, is we specifically plan that event for that time of year, because we know that it's right before spring breaks. And we also know that that's when people start thinking about their home on the market, putting their home on the market or buying a new property, right? So when you're planning your client events and you'll see, of course, I'm the operations person. So I'm going to give homework at the end of this webinar, but you'll see that when I give you that homework, you need to think about what your events are and strategically place them depending on when you have the opportunity of getting the most referrals or business from that client event. So another great example would be, we always do something around um, right before fall, right? Right before Thanksgiving and the holidays start. Well, why is that? Because we know that when we're hosting or when we're getting in front of them before the holiday season, there's no better time that people are at parties, at gatherings, seeing people that they maybe don't see as often. And what usually comes up, Right now, it's probably inflation. It's probably the market, all of those different things, rates. right? And so we want to make sure that they, if they get on the topic of real estate, that Jeff's name is coming to mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's specifically why we host that event or, or those events at those times of year so that we do. Ideally, 30 days 
before the time that they're going yeah. to spend, right? Because in the in the spring season, you guys know just as well as I do, when someone's getting ready to list their home for sale, it's not, they don't decide on a Monday, call a realtor on Wednesday and list by Friday. Right. It's, they decide on a Monday, that next weekend, they clean up the basement. The weekend after that, they clean out the garage. The weekend after that, they clean up the yard. Then they call a realtor. Then they have a final punch list of things to do, right? Because they want to try to get as much done as they can before realtors come and see their house. And so that starts, generally speaking, no matter what market you're in, in the month of March and April. And so we want to be in front of them while they're in the middle of doing that. Because then guess what happens when it comes time to list? We're going to be top of mind. Same thing goes for the holidays. If you do an event in the fall, you know, September, October, November, ideally October, November, yeah. you're going to be 30 days within a 30-day time frame of them seeing all of their friends and family, and you're still going to be top of mind. Correct. So number one, it's timing. Pay attention to when you're hosting your events and make sure that you're putting it at the right time. Obviously, right now we are in our summer market and so things are still selling um, and, and you could do one in summer. But honestly, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, the, the best benefit is trying to push it actually closer to fall yep, before right. the holiday season. Yep. Spring okay. and fall. Spread yep. them out. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So number two, write down the word invites. And so where we talk about with invites and people always, they feel like they're, they're a little like mind blown <laughs> when they talk about how we handle our invites mm -hmm. for events. But honestly, there's a lot of thought that we've put in this throughout the years. So anytime we host a client event, so our Detroit Tigers opening day is a great example. When we send out our invitations for that party, we're actually sending all of our clients four tickets. Two of the tickets are for, you know, let's just say a husband and a wife. And then in the invitation, we're actually encouraging them to also bring another couple with them. And the number one question that I get all the time in our operations mastery course is, okay, why do you do that? Why Now you have 50% of the room of people that you don't know. Correct. But they know someone else there that I do know. And so when we think about hosting a client event, and again, if you host events the way that we do, it's an experience. It's something that people are like jaw dropped at how awesome it is that we put you know, the event together. Now we have all of these people in this room that already have somewhat of a connection to us. And now I just push them deeper down my quote unquote sales funnel, I yeah. guess, so to say, yeah. of someone who could potentially be buying or selling in the future. And now they're just one step closer to considering me because they went to this event. So what we do is every um, event that we're having one of the, you know, whether it's opening day or whether it's our fall event, we'll send out four tickets. And specifically in the letter that we send out to them, we'll tell them, we want you to bring another couple or a friend with you. The number one question I get following up from that afterwards is how do you collect all of their information, right? So the, the benefit there is twofold, right? They actually come to the event and we get to spend time with them and we get to know that, them at a deeper level. But on top of that, now if I just hosted an event and I had every couple of mine bring someone else, I just essentially doubled my database of everyone who attended that event. So what we do is we encourage them to go to a site like Eventbrite and put in their contact information, name, phone number, email, address. And now guess what? They're now in my database for future years and getting invites, getting our, our marketing letters that we send out every single month, getting our mailing that we send out four times a year. 
we are essentially, I guess a good word is like adopting them yeah. <laughs> as a client of yeah. ours, but they actually never bought or sold a house with us. They just knew someone who did. And I think about like our Detroit Tigers opening day event, you know, for anyone that's familiar with any kind of major city, you in general, in most cases, including Detroit, a lot of people live, live in the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I picture, you know, uh, uh, a couple that are a client of ours driving from, you know, Bloomfield Hills, Michigan with their neighbors in the back seat down to our opening day party. And they're talking about at some point in time, from the time they get in the car to the time they get to the party, the invite or the event is going to come up. Mm-hmm. How did you get an invite to How this? How do you know this guy? How do you know this guy? Have yeah. you been going? And so they're already pre-selling their neighbors on why it's cool to go to this. And then next thing you know, the law of reciprocation says, I've added value to them. It will come back to me in fold later. Now, not everyone's going to become a client. Of course not. Mm-hmm. But now they're on my email list. Now they're on my, now they're following me on Facebook. Now, now I'm sending them uh, letters, you know, for future events. And so it's a great way to build a database with people that are going to know you, like you and trust you quickly. That's one thing I love about client events. Yeah. And someone asked a question again, you just collect it via Eventbrite. You ask them for their contact information. When you send out your invite to the event, you're very clearly spelling it out that those tickets are to be used for another couple, another set of friends, whatever that is, um, and encouraging them to bring someone along. And Jeff's right. You know, in most cases, the the other couple they bring maybe has a relationship with a realtor or maybe just like bought it through the listing agent. If they don't have a relationship already with someone or the relationship's not that strong, guess who just slid his way in there and now built better rapport with them that they're going to remember that. And like you said, law of reciprocation, hopefully it yeah. comes back to us. And if it's a family event, by the way, then you invite another family, right? If you're doing photos with Santa, you know, for your clients, you're going to do photos with Santa for your clients and they can allow one other to bring one other family, right? Yeah. If you're doing a, a a zoo day, something at your local zoo, uh, you know they can invite up to invite up to another family, up to five tickets. So if it's a couples kind of thing or an adult thing that includes alcohol, like a happy hour, or for us, Tigers opening day, maybe you're just going to give them two. But if it's a family thing, then give them allow them to invite another family. Mm-hmm. So um, next thing I want you to write down, I want you to write down the word everyone. And so what everyone stands for is I think that, okay, look, and I I can see people asking in the chat, one of like the opening day event that we host is tailored towards adults, right? Um, The zoo event that we host, it's obviously tailored towards children. Regardless of the style, I guess, so to say of the event, we are inviting everyone to it. And the reason for that is twofold, right? Number one, we know that some people may go to one and not go to the other, depending on what uh, appeals to them, Mm -hmm. I guess, so to say. But number two, it's a reason to talk to them. I will never understand why agents will have a list of, let's just say, a thousand you know, clients and friends, but only invite maybe a hundred people. And I think part of it is a little fear of, oh my gosh, I can't host a thousand person event. Trust me, we host these all the time. We never have our full database in attendance. Well, we probably would love to. And we also know that that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yet I am going to use this opportunity to have a conversation and personally invite every single person. Because at the end of the day, it's me having an opportunity to talk to them. And two, I'm once again, providing something of value. So if you're the agent that hosts, let's just say two, three, four client events a year, and you're calling them every quarter or every six months and saying, hey, just Taylor checking in again, wanted to make sure you knew about our upcoming event that we're hosting. 
even if you know that they're not going to attend, still personally invite them and make sure that they know that they're important to you. It's a reason to get in touch and, and really you need to kind of use it as that yeah. reason and take advantage mm -hmm. of it. You get bonus points, right? You get bonus points just for the invite. Correct. So the part two of that with everyone is how many times do we invite people to client events? So when we host an event, my best rule of thumb is let's just say that we know the event is on April 1st, for example. We will work backwards over a six-week period and have some sort of touch point to all of our clients in our database every single week. So some examples of that could be maybe one week we're sending out a letter, right? A postcard that invites them to the event along with their tickets, for example. Maybe another week is um, a slide broadcast. We'll have Jeff record a voicemail that just drops in everyone's um, voicemail. Again, it's another touch point. Maybe a week after that, it's sending a text message inviting every single person. Maybe a week after that, it's now a personal phone call from Jeff or one of our agents inviting them to have a conversation with them. Maybe another week, it's an email blast, right? Maybe another week, it's a Facebook invite. So you can, when, when you're hosting a client event, I think the mistake that a lot of agents make is twofold. Number one, they don't think far enough ahead of when they should host that event. And now as a result, number two, they don't have enough um, methods of inviting them leading up to it. And, you know, they'll you send out one them. email, right? Or they'll send out one letter and they'll hope that they get it. Well, we're touching them six times over a period of six weeks. And now what's happening? They can't not think of Jeff, right? Because we're touching them so many times leading up to that event. During a period of time where we want to be in front of them. Correct. Yeah. So number three, obviously write down the word everyone. We want to make sure that we invite everyone and we want to make sure that we're reaching out to them multiple ways, multiple times far enough in advance. Mm -hmm. And don't think that six weeks is too far out to start building the anticipation of the event. We want to make sure that they know about it. We want to make sure that we're building up the excitement for it. And honestly, like, especially with our opening day event, I think we create a little bit of like FOMO. Like they have a fear, they actually have a fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're not going to get the message. And a lot of times we'll have people call us and say, hey, I just want to make sure I'm still invited again this year, right? And it's just, they beat us before. It was before that six-week period. Now, is there any reason why you wouldn't start the invite process earlier than six weeks, like eight weeks out or 12 weeks out? I mean, historically, people don't plan too far in advance. I'll say the opening day one, maybe they do, because here in, in Detroit, opening day is uh, like city holiday, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but like for our zoo event that we do, I don't think anyone's planning to go to the zoo really eight yeah. weeks in advance. Yeah. Again, I could see a pro of that is it's another two weeks of us, you know, being in front of them. And we also want to make sure that it's not overkill. So yeah. I think you need to dance that fine line. Right. And most of your registrations, and here's why we know six weeks is effective, because most people who will accept your invite are going to do it in the last three weeks leading up to your event. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, if most of them aren't going to say, yes, I'm coming uh, until two or three weeks prior, then you're doing a lot of unnecessary Prior to that, if you were to say promoting it for eight weeks or 12 weeks or 16 weeks. You can honestly, if you want to do something, you can treat it kind of like a wedding, right? What's a wedding? Do they send out a save the date, mm -hmm. right? So we may send out a save the date, but actually start the invite process at that six week period. But what I want you to hear is be very strategic in 
planning your date, working backwards, and how many times are you touching them before the actual event begins. And also, I think one of the best things that you've taught me throughout the years is to not be afraid if the majority of your invitations or your RSVPs come in within the last couple of days. I think the high C in me starts to freak out when we're like two weeks out and our numbers aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. And I fortunately, after 10 years, have just learned to trust the process. Mm -hmm. And usually within the last like five or six days, magically, we go from this number to this number and it always ends up working out. So um, obviously take that into consideration. Yep. Don't freak out when you're five days away from your event, you've paid for, let's say a hundred people and you only have 40 RSVPs. Correct. Now, also having said that, if because it's a free event, are you going to talk about, I don't want to- No, go ahead. You can- um, you're going to have a no-show rate. You yeah. have to plan on a no-show rate. So to give you an idea, and this might sound a little scary, for our biggest event, which is our opening day client event, uh, we tell the, the name of the theater is called the Gem Theater. We tell the Gem Theater we're going to have, uh, what, 750 people? Yeah. We tell them we're going to have 750 people. Well, we keep the registrations open to 1,000 because at a minimum – and by the way, some years we've had a 30 to 40% no-show. At a minimum, you're going to have a 25% no-show for most events mm-hmm. because it's free. And people just want to secure the seat in case they're available that day, in case they have nothing else going on. Or obviously people have things that come up. So it gets a little scary when the registration hits 1,000 and the venue has room for 750. We've paid for food for 750. What happens if all 1,000 show up? Never have we had all 1,000 show up. In fact, our last event, we had 1,000 RSVPs. We had 650 show up. So we actually had a 35% no-show. So at a minimum, plan on a 25% no-show for a free event. Yeah, and and that's, again part of the benefit of reaching out multiple times, you're re-reminding them that you're expecting them to be there. And so one of the things that we also do, I don't have this written down, but you just made me think about it. We always send a no before you go, right? Mm -hmm. So 24 to 48 hours before the event starts, we're sending a no before you go of here's all of the important stuff that you need to know leading up to the event, location, parking, all the benefits of coming. Well, then that allows us to remind them once again that they registered for this. And if they can't attend, obviously to let us know so we can open up that opportunity to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I I guess to sum up that point before we move on to the next one, make sure that you're reaching out far enough in advance, multiple times in advance, and don't be afraid of over-inviting because of yep. that no-show rate. Yep, that's right. Okay. So the next one that I want you to write down for number four is the word giveaways. And so one of the, again, great things that I learned throughout the years from Jeff at a event is finding an excuse to get in front of them every 30 to 45 minutes. And so let's just, again, I'm going to just pick on our opening day event. The opening day event lasts from 10 a.m. until about 1 p.m., right? So on average, every 30 to 45 minutes, he's getting up on stage in front of all of our clients. Why is that? Not because he loves being on stage, because we know that in most cases, people are walking around in different parts of the venue. Some people are leaving. Some people are coming, right? They're not there consistently, maybe for the entire 10 to 1. And so we want to make sure that we are in front of them if we didn't see them previously. And then also reminding them once again why they're there. And I'm actually going to pick on you a little bit to talk about the like three or four key things that you always make sure that you do while you go up on stage, obviously giveaways being one of them. Yep. So um, I'll, of course, thank everyone for being there. 
Uh, we are always promoting a foundation and not, we have our own nonprofit foundation called Glover's Heroes. So I always thank everyone for their support of that. Um, and then I will go into what we've accomplished so far this year, how the market's doing, what we're doing as a team, what's happening with interest rates, what's happening with mortgage rates. And, you know, it's, it's, they're there to have a good time. So I'm not giving them a whole, okay, over in Oakland County, here's what's happening in Wayne County. It's just a general what's taking place. And here's a couple of my quick recommendations and um, let's go back to having some fun. By the way, we're due for our next giveaway. So get your tickets out or get your wristbands out because we're going to be doing a drawing. So um, I'm always thanking them for being there. Uh, I'm always recognizing and thanking them for their support of our foundation. I'm touching a little bit on how we're doing as a team, as a company, the success that we're having. I'm touching on the market, what's going on in the market. I mean, literally, this is like a five minute. Yeah. All of these are accomplished in like five to seven minutes. And then I'm doing a drawing. So by the way, when they know that you're doing a drawing, every time you get on the microphone, what do they do? They pay attention. Mm -hmm. So there's an incentive for them to kind of quiet down and listen to what I have to say. And, you know, if you're going to do a big event like that, make sure that the audio goes throughout the entire venue and that you have screens and so forth. And so that's, is that what you wanted me to share? Yeah. So basically what I wanted Jeff to share, because obviously, again, he's getting up every 30 to 45 minutes, what his script is. And you just heard that. Now there's a couple of things operationally that I want to make sure that you think about if you're going to do this. Number one, when you're, so the, the, the biggest reason why they're listening to him every 30, 45 minutes is because they know that he's going to be giving something away. So what we personally give away is, you know, I don't, I think the Detroit Tigers maybe are getting a little bit better. Last I checked, I don't think they are right now, but <laughs> uh, Tigers tickets aren't really expensive, right? Maybe 50, $75. What we do is we actually give away two tickets to the opening day game. So one of the questions that I saw in the chat is someone asked, do you give tickets to every single person who's attending? No, mm -hmm. but every 30 minutes we're giving away a pair. So everyone has a chance to come to opening day, which is a big deal because it's sold out and we buy you know, we buy probably what 14 tickets. So that way we figure out, we figure out what time the party's going to start, what time it's going to, what time the first pitch is. And then every 30 minutes I'm giving away a pair of tickets. And so their incentive is, is to be there to win. And, and it's, there's a lot of energy around that. And so I want to make sure that you hear the giveaway that we're giving away is something that people are excited about. No one really gets excited about a $25 Visa gift card. So make sure that you think about what it is that you're giving it away. Maybe you reach out to one of your affiliates, like a lender or a title company, you ask them to put together a basket right? Make sure that it's a really cool basket that you're giving away and have multiple of them. But you need to have multiple giveaways during the event and they need to be things that people are excited about, not just a $25, you know, visa gift card. Yeah. Now the follow-up question is, okay, well, how do I get people to stick around? Right? So part of the reason why we do this is number one, we want to stay in front of the people who are there as they're coming and going. But two, we also want to make sure that they're staying and not just necessarily coming in for a drink and then leaving. And I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make when they're hosting client events is that they'll host it where like, I'll just pick on our Detroit Zoo. We did that once. And I actually don't know if we're going to do the zoo event again, because the zoo is huge, right? Mm -hmm. They're not with us for that entire time period. They're walking around looking at lions and tigers and all of this stuff. We only see them for maybe what? When they when they're eating, basically yeah. they all basically meet to for get their sixty to ninety minutes, yeah. right? And yep. so that was one of our events where we were like, okay, for the amount of money we're paying for this event, we only had ninety minutes with them. Yeah, we would instead decide to pick an event where we're going to have them for three or four hours and be able to keep them there with us. Yeah. So how do you keep them there with you? 
Um, I'll pick on our Easter egg hunt that we just hosted for our first time this year. I talked to a lot of different operations people across the country and asked what they did really well during Easter egg hunts and maybe what they didn't do as well. One of the things that I learned is you need to keep the kids occupied leading up to the Easter egg hunt. So we had crafts, we had an Easter bunny, we had um, a, a musician, we had a balloon artist, we had multiple craft stations, we had coloring stations. Make sure you have multiple balloon artists. We did learn that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> so my point is, when you're hosting an event, let's, you know, when we'll talk about later, some of the smaller scale or larger scale events, whatever that event is, force yourself to think about like two or three things that they can do while they're there. Mm-hmm. For us at the opening day event, it's free alcohol. (laughs) So I think that that probably just keeps them around, but you know, we obviously have food and there's, you know, raffles and stuff that we do, but for the most part, it keeps everyone there during that. There's a DJ and there's entertainment. I mean, you know, even at the, anytime you do anything outside, you absolutely need to order a a microphone and a speaker and perhaps even a small stage, depending on how people, how many people you're going to have there. They need to be able to hear you when you're doing your announcements every 30 minutes. So one under giveaways, Um, Make sure that you're giving away items of value Two, make sure that you're getting in front of them every 30 to 45 minutes, giving away those items of value. And again, thanking them for attending three. What is your sound setup, right? How are that? You can't just yell really loud. You need to make sure that they can hear you and that they can see you. Mm -hmm. And then number four under giveaways, how are you keeping them there? Right? How are you making sure that it's not you know, nothing against pie giveaways. They're cool, but I've never understood why we spend so much money on a pie giveaway. And all I'm doing is throwing it in their window as they're driving by. Yeah. Right. I'm seeing them for not even 30 seconds. I would rather take that money instead and do an event where I can keep them around me for, you know, an hour or two. Yeah. That's a really good point because there, there is some value. And I know a lot of agents do that and have success with it. And by the way, we do it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just our, what we, when we look at a return on our event, it is our least return, Correct. right? Uh, because yeah, it's a couple touches and it's a hi, bye, have a good holiday. Um, they're not really getting a chance to engage. You're not really getting a chance to talk to them about the market. You're not getting a chance to thank them, you know, for their business and continue, continue referrals over and over again. And so that's something you have to look at when you look at your events. What is the ROI of each event? Yep. All right. So moving on, number five is social media. <clears throat> and I'm surprised you didn't mention this during your your speech of what you talk about when you're on stage. Well, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Number five is social media. So under social media, we have, make sure you promote a hashtag during mm-hmm. the event. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know hashtags, that is basically when someone posts a picture from their at, from your event, you're asking them to do like hashtag JGA opening day is an example. Mm-hmm. When we use that hashtag, a couple things did happen. Number one, the reason why we're encouraging them to post photos and use a hashtag online is because now I just got exposed as the agent hosting this event to that entire person's friend network. Mm-hmm. And if it's a really cool photo, obviously that helps. It helps with engagement and it helps, again, exposing me to people that I don't know. But then number two Now, because they were using our hashtag and because they were tagging us, I now have a, I guess, library of photos that I can use from the event. So maybe I don't actually have to have a photographer. I encourage it if you want to have a really nice one or a a nice event. But now I have all of these real life photos from the event of people showing how much fun that they had. So one of the things that Jeff does is when he goes up on stage, he'll say, and make sure when you post pictures today, you tag 855 Jeff Sells or you use the hashtag JGA opening day. 
and he'll say it consistently. And so like, if you walk into, I wish I could like do a video of our setup of the opening day room. But like when you walk in, there are signs everywhere that tell people to use that hashtag or to use that, that tag and people do it. And now, you know, first and foremost, like I said, the most important thing is now he just got exposed and people are like, Oh, you know, that Jeff Glover guy, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, awesome. How'd you get invited to his party? Yeah, that looks awesome. How do you you go? Right. Can I come with you next year? Right. And then secondly, it's now giving us an opportunity to have pictures that we're using for the event that are social proof of all of our, our clients and friends and family that are there. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to add to that? No, just, I mean, obviously, uh, you would take it a step further and and then share it and so forth. I know you're going to cover that one of your points. Yeah. Uh, Resharing it over and over. So like if you are friends or follow Jeff on Facebook, um, notice that when we do that tour that he's talking about, the five steps tour, we encourage people to check in and hashtag five steps tour or tag Realtor Jeff Glover. Well, if you then go and follow him on Facebook and you ever look at his story and you press you know, all of it, go through all of his different stories. He's resharing every single one. Well, what is that doing? It's exposing him to his friend network Mm -hmm. of look at all of these people that I just had at this event. You really missed out Mm -hmm. by not joining us. So you're also creating FOMO for the people who didn't get to go that, oh my gosh, I can't miss that next year. Okay. So that one's a pretty easy one. Obviously social media, get them talking about you on social media. It means a lot more when you have someone else talking about you versus you posting yourself personally and don't underestimate that value. Okay, number six, we wrote down the word experience. Number six is experience. And before I get to that really quick, Sean asked the question, can you give an example of a hashtag you use? Make sure your real estate name is in it. So for example, ours is JGA opening day. Well, we want to make sure that JGA, Jeff Glover Associates, is included in that hashtag. So make sure that you have that in there. JGA Zoo Day, yeah, uh, JGA Cider Mill, JGA Movie Day, yeah. whatever. Okay. So I'm sorry, back to number six, experience. Do everything you can to make an experience for your clients. Um, drop in the chat if you've ever been, drop a 555 in the chat if you've ever been to one of our um, Live on Real retreat parties or Live on Real or Live on Real Summit. You were at the 80s party um, down in Orlando, you know what I am talking about. We spend a lot of time doing everything we can. To a lot make- of you guys. Wow, a lot of people come to our events. Thank you. If you were at our, our Orlando 80s party, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We transformed that place, a blast from, I actually wasn't even born in the 80s and somehow I was able to plan an 80s party. But a lot it was, of research, a lot yeah, of research. Yeah, it was awesome. And so the point that I'm making with that, if you've been to one of those events, you know that it's an experience you can feel, right? Mm-hmm. It is definitely something where you're like, man, they spent a lot of time doing this. Yeah. You don't go to a cider mill and just throw up one sign right? It looks like you didn't put a lot of effort into that. You need to think about the entire experience from start to finish and make an event where they're like, man, I'm not going to miss that next year, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why people for that opening day event are insane about making sure that they're invited again. So what are you doing to make it an experience? Some examples that we have, um, are you feeding them? right? What are your food options? Especially if they're there for a longer time period, I would say anything over 90 minutes, you need to have some sort of food option. Um, We obviously will do for that event, we do a a open bar for a short time period or do drink tickets, right? We obviously want to make sure that there's something that keeps them around. Um, Having a bar, good, bad, right or wrong, keeps people around, gets them talking. 
Um, next, we do gifts at entry. Like when you check in at one of our events, you get a Jeff Glover and Associates t-shirt. What's that benefit? Number one, when they're walking around the zoo and everyone has on a Jeff Glover and Associates t-shirt for the people that aren't there with our party, they're like, man, you know, what are all these people doing? Yeah. Or it's cool. We've seen it before. We're like, we've been at a Tigers game later and someone is wearing our Detroit Tigers t-shirt that has your name on it. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh man, that must be a past client or, oh man, that must've been someone who was at our party. party. So you want to make sure that you're giving them something that they can use that is a long-term. Koozies are cool, but you know, they're not obviously going to be, have much of a utility as a t-shirt would, for example. Um, So bar, food, gifts at entry, the giveaways was an example. Um, And then how do you set up the room, right? Is it something that's comfortable? Are you trying to jam way too many people into a small space? Do you have enough seating? If you're going to have them there for a couple hours, you better make sure that they have a place that they can sit down, that they're not standing the entire time. What are they doing while they're there? We already talked about having games, having crafts, having entertainment that keeps them entertained while they're there. Think about all of these things when you're hosting an event and make sure that you're checking those boxes. If you want it to be an event that they attend next year, you want it to be something where they're like, wow, they put a lot of thought into that and not something that you just threw together. Okay. And then last but not least, number seven, how do you extend the life of an event? This is big. This is big for ROI. You know, you're going to put the time, the energy, the money into putting on, on an event. Um, you want to maximize what you're doing. Otherwise it's like one and done, you know, Hey, that was fun. And we got to see everybody, but now what? So extend the life. This is an important one. So all of these are important for generating referrals from hosting client events, right? If you're doing one through six thus far, absolutely. You should be getting a referral from one of your clients who are attending on an event if they're not buying or selling themselves. Absolutely though, number seven is the biggest one to focus on as far as getting referrals from client events. And again, that is extend the life. So the number one question, the day after we close off an event, Jeff and I sit down every single event and we say, okay, what are we doing to extend the life this time? And so some examples of that are, we already talked about getting as many pictures as possible, right? What are we doing to get photos? Um, Do you have a videographer who's at the event, who's videoing the event that you can do a recap video later? Um, Are you taking those pictures and are you sharing them on social media? Are you posting them on your own page? One of the things that we do that we have a lot of success with is in kind of creating FOMO, I guess, so to say, is we'll take all of the pictures from the event and then we'll send a recap email later. And we'll say, hey, you know, at our last week's opening day event, we raised, let's just say $20,000 for Glover's Heroes, which is a nonprofit that we're a part of. Here's all of the pictures from the event. If we didn't get to see you, we hope to see you next year. And we'll post all these pictures of all these people having a fun time. We're sending that out to our entire database. We're calling everyone who attended. Hey, just wanted to personally thank you. It was great seeing you last week at the opening day event. Um, again, you know, if there's anything I could do for you or anyone, you know, I'll help you keep us in mind. I'll make sure you get an invite again next year. Right. We're calling every person. Same thing for the people who didn't (laughs) attend. We're calling them and saying, Hey, we really missed you at opening day. Hope everything's okay. Hope you're doing well. You know, hope to see you soon. Right. So that's how we have one event, but now we're touching them again, right? Whether we're thanking them for attending or saying, hey, sorry, we missed you. And then we're sharing all of those photos again to create that FOMO of, oh my gosh, I can't miss that next time. Another example of a way of extending the life is if you host like a photo event, and we're going to get into some types of events really quick in a second. If you host like a photo shoot, uh, like a fall photos or something like that, one of the best things that I tell my coaching clients is save those photos from your fall event. And when Mother's Day or Father's Day comes around, 
send it to your client and like a mother, like love my mom yeah. or love dad frame and send it to them. One, they're not expecting it, right? Because that was all the way back in fall, but you may, saved those photos and you sent it out to them later, you know, the next year and had another touch. There's so many different things that we can do during these events to extend the life and um, better, I want to say, guarantee your chance of getting a referral from one of those clients. Yeah, yeah, love okay. that. All right, cool. So there you have it. There are the seven things that you absolutely have to do when you are planning a client event, whether it's big, small, medium size, doesn't matter. Um, it's one of those check boxes. If you're in our operations mastery class, we actually give you an, uh, um, an event checklist of all the things that you need to make sure that you don't forget when you're hosting in a client event. And those seven things are included on there. So let's talk about the types of events that we've had success with. Yeah. Uh, there's small events, there's medium events, there's large events. Um, we, we've, we've trialed and errored uh, a lot of things. We've beta tested things. We've talked with successful teams around the country about what they've had success with. And we've implemented some things that they've done. Um, what would you recommend to everyone on here in terms of small, medium, and large events that will get you the best ROI? And please keep in mind when I'm talking about ROI, I'm essentially talking about three things. I'm talking about client retention, all right, because that's one of the reasons why you put on events to retain clients. Even if they're not going to send you business in the next 12 months, you're retaining them as a client. Uh, number two, immediate business that will come from event, meaning, hey, we were at your event last week and we want to list our home for sale. Or we'll have people come up to us at events and say, hey, What's on your schedule this weekend? Can you come out and take a look at my house? So that's immediate business that you get from events. And then the third thing is referrals, meaning because you're top of mind, and this is the biggest one, mm -hmm. because you're top of mind, one thing that we notice is the amount of referrals from our database, the next 10 days, 14 days, 30 days after an event go up dramatically. And so let's talk about what are some actual specific events that, that we're having success with. So these are just examples of ones that I've hosted personally, um, whether you're an agent on our team or, you know, a coaching client of ours helped put together. Um, so these are some examples of, again, small, medium, or large, um, small ones. So fall photos, uh, do a fall photo session, 15 minutes, you know, every, uh, family signs up for a time slot. You have your photographer there. Maybe you pay them for the day versus doing a house shoot. Um, you have them take pictures. You get all the pictures at the end of it. You distribute them the after. And again, that was an example of something you could do like around Mother's Day or Father's Day. Great time to do that is fall, right before you have Christmas cards that go out. One of our agents, her name's Jennifer Scully, amazing agent on our team. She actually takes those photos and orders them 10 to 15 Christmas cards and sends it to them and says, hey, I already took care of ordering your Christmas cards for you this year. Here you go. And sends them to them from Vistaprint. Not super expensive, very easy to put together. Um, again, smaller event that you can host. Another example, obviously photos with Santa, have Santa come into your office or rent out a hall, have Santa, pictures with Santa, you know, do Christmassy things, holiday things, you know, whatever to, to keep them there during that time period. Um, one of our agents, Jolyn, has done a cooking class. So this was during COVID. She did a Zoom cooking class, which was really cool. You send your clients all of the ingredients in advance um, in a nice box, drop it off at their house or mail it to them. They've got, you know, the majority of the ingredients that they need for cooking that, that meal. You've got a chef on Zoom and you guys all do it together. Another great way of obviously staying in front of them that's a little bit more low cost. Um, I personally haven't hosted this event, but I have a lot of coaching clients who have a uh, paper shredding event. Don't know what makes that one so exciting. I just throw my paper in the trash, but people go wild over it. I don't, I don't know, but I guess you have a shredder or something and people bring their paper and it's a wild time. So 
go ahead and try that one. Um, an ice cream social is another one, obviously popular with kids, um, doing some sort of ice cream social, whether that's like at a park or at a hall, um, making that as cool as popular or cool as possible. And again, that is another one that is tailored towards probably younger children, mm -hmm. right? Um, another one of my coaching clients, Sue Warren out of um, the Cleveland area, she's amazing. Um, she just hosted a blood drive. So did it a little bit different, right? Now, what's cool about her event is it was a client event where they were giving back. So she partnered with the Red Cross and hosted a blood drive at a local church in her neighborhood. So not only did she make it a client event, she also made it like an event for her farm because she hosted it locally in her area where she, she lives and works and had a bunch of people there. She gave out lunch. She made it a big thing. And obviously, one of the benefits with that is now not only was she able to get in front of them and kind of make it a client event, but it was her clients giving back. And so now she's doing it pretty much every six to 12 months, hosting one of these blood drives and using it as an opportunity to reach out. And, you know, I know that people obviously appreciate that she's helping, um, you know, with that as well. Okay. Some medium examples, um, maybe a cider mill event. That's probably what we're going to replace our zoo event with this year. Um, and we'll host it at like a Blake cider mill or a cider mill where there's different things that kids can do. Um, one that's tailored towards adults, happy hour, you know, doing a happy hour at a local bar, barbecue, one of our agents, Kelly McHenry, just did one of those, um, hosted a barbecue at a local park. Movie theater, Dave and Jolyn did one of those. That was awesome. Again, that one could tailor a little bit more towards children. Um, pie event. Again, I guess I'm kind of, uh, jury's out for me on the pie event. I see a value in it. But again, we're only in front of them for maybe 60 to 90 seconds. So it kind of goes against. For the cost, you don't get the maximum. Right. You don't get to spend as much time with them or make an experience. But again, it's a nice touch, right? If you're not doing something around the holidays, if you're not sending out Christmas holiday cards or you're not reaching out to them, another way of doing that and staying in front is obviously doing that pie event. Um, a great example of another medium event that we just hosted for our first time this year. And honestly, I think it was probably one of our lower cost events with the highest return of amount of people. Mm -hmm. We hosted an Easter egg hunt um, right in our downtown park. We got the city to endorse it. We ended up with, again, a thousand people registered for this Easter egg hunt. Keep in mind, this was my first time ever doing it. So I was so nervous. Uh, we ended up with 600 people in attendance for an Easter egg hunt. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, tons of people that we've never had in our database before. We actually turned that into a community event more than a client event. And so we just literally for maybe a couple thousand dollars filled our database with another 600 people that we didn't have their names, numbers, yep. you know, phone numbers, addresses, things like that before. Okay. And then last but not least, um, large events. So you already heard our opening day. Um, that's an example of one that we do. I know a lot of people sometimes will do where they actually do take all of their clients to a baseball game and you buy baseball tickets, right? So I think probably those people are sitting in offers, <laughs> but you know, you bring all of your clients, everyone wears a shirt. It gives you the opportunity to be with them during that time period. Um, that's another way of doing it too. And maybe that's something that if you don't want to expose it to your entire database, um, maybe you do that for your most important clients. You know, you should always have a very important client group to where you have your top clients. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that you do for them to make sure that you show them your appreciation. Um, one of our agents does a food truck rally. We'll have multiple food trucks there, um, you know, has drink tickets, you know, does it at a, a centrally located um, area, has a neighborhood clubhouse or neighborhood pool. Yeah, has two or three food trucks. <laughs> Again, great way to keep them around for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, and then last but not least, we obviously one of the examples that we listed for large is a zoo event. 
So that's something that you can do. But again, like I mentioned, caution you on that one just a little bit, because again, the zoo is huge. And sometimes it's hard to keep them around you as it is during some of those other events. So those are my examples uh, awesome. types of events. Great events. So um, I do you have said you have some homework. Yes. What's the homework? Let's hear so it. I wouldn't be the operations coach if I didn't assign homework at the end of every class that I do. So the best way to take these things that you learned during today's webinar, if you were a coaching client of mine, I would tell you to go and get a calendar for between now and the end of the year and figure out between, you know, before December 31st, what are you doing between now and then to implement what you just learned in your business? What client event are you hosting? What is the date you are hosting it? And now work backwards to figure out when your invites start and what invites you're doing and when. And then if you do that, honestly, if you're looking to get client referrals before the end of this year, that's your number one way of doing so. Get in front of your database. They already, for the most part, know, like, and trust you. Get them to bring their friends. They're going to know, like, and trust you now too. You've doubled your database with people who have the highest chance of doing business with you. You show them you you appreciate them and you're doing it at one of the best times um, to get in front of them before the end of the year. So Taylor, you mentioned, and a couple of people asked in the chat, because yeah. I don't know if you noticed in the chat, you can do panelists or panelists and attendees. And some of you guys have been messaging us privately just to panelists, which is fine. Um, and so thank you for prompting it. We planned on sharing it anyways. Taylor mentioned, in operations mastery. Uh, this is probably today's talk, which was, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so was not even one session in mm -hmm. operations mastery. I mean, you, you have 16 sessions in this program and hosting great client events is like half of a session, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So um, can you tell us a little bit about the operations program that you run? Yes. So Operations Mastery is a 16-week course. It's taught by myself and the now Director of Operations of Jeff Glover and Associates. So Jeff mentioned, I'm the Director of Operations of Live On Real Companies, which is the parent company. And Jeff Glover and Associates is our actual real estate team. So I hired my replacement in that role a few years ago. I made it super easy. Her name's also Taylor. So the benefit is, is you get two tailors for the price of one tailor. <laughs> and we co-teach the class. And so what's really cool is every other week, we're, you know, it's either her or I who's teaching and we cover everything operations. And so I think that sometimes people are like, all right, well, I'm a real estate agent. I don't need app. Like I don't have an assistant. I don't need this course. Wrong. Everything. If you are selling real estate right now, you need operations mastery. If you don't have a solid seller follow-up plan, if you don't have buyer drip campaigns, if you don't know what your, your 72 touch points are to a client who's working with you, if you don't, haven't hosted a client event to this degree before, um, if you don't have a post-closing follow-up plan, if you're not getting client reviews after every single closing, I could keep going for 16 more things. If you don't have that stuff, then you need this course. And I will tell you that this class teaches you all of that. And the best part is, I don't know, I never told you this, but Taylor and I are open books and we literally give you verbatim the scripts that we use. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about like the invites that we're sending out for these client events, I actually give you the invite that we use. You can copy and paste it, put your logo on it on the top. Um, and you don't have to recreate the wheel. One thing that I think is really cool about the program that I've noticed, because for anyone that has followed me for any period of time, I'm very big on, okay, how can we generate leads with that, yeah. right? All right, client events. Yeah, but how are we going to generate leads? Um, we want to implement this new customer service experience. Yeah, but how's that going to generate leads? And really, like to sum up the whole program, what I've recognized with what they're teaching in the program is 
how to turn your customer experience into a lead generation tool. So she's showing you on the screen now on page 16 in your workbook, you can see that there. This is the Operations Mastery course. If you want more information on it, you can text operations, just the word operations, plural, to that same phone number that you texted for the morning message, the 55444. And that'll bring up all the information if you by chance didn't get a chance to print off your workbook. Now, as she mentioned, this is co-taught with the other tailor, and that's because the other tailor is on the ground with JGA every single day. And you're on the ground with JGA, but you're also doing other things as well. And so I think it works out really nice because you speak to, you know, kind of the bigger teams with, with bigger operations. And Taylor Cornfield speaks to the solo agents or the new assistants or the new staff people, you know, that are that are trying to implement a lot of this stuff. And I think what I've noticed most from the group is you have agents in there that want to learn operations and want to learn how to turn out their operations into a lead generation tool. But you also have a lot of lead agents and brokers that will hire a new assistant and then they'll put them through this program. Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? Well, see, Jeff, when you hired me, there was no training platform for myself. So then I decided that I didn't want any assistant ever to not have a training platform. So then I created one. And now this is operations mastery. Joking. Obviously, we turned out just fine. Um, But what we actually do, what a lot of agents will do is they'll say, hey, I just hired a brand new assistant. I have absolutely no idea how to get them up and running. Can I just have you do it? And the answer is yes, this is that solution, right? Putting them through operations mastery. So you'll see when you join the class, 50% of the class are uh, administrative assistants, directors of operations, running companies. And by the way, they're smaller organizations and also huge organizations that they're managing. It doesn't matter where your business is, this class still applies to you because I promise you not everyone is doing all of the things that we teach in this class. So 50% of the room will be, you know, uh, admin people, I guess, so to say. And then the other half of the room will be agents who know that they can increase their business if they just focused a little bit better on customer experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say it all the time. One of my number one sayings is people underestimate that customer experience is a lead generation tool, Mm -hmm. right? It is a way for you to generate business for yourself and a way for you to retain your clients, especially when we're heading into a market shift. Well, the reality is most real estate salespeople including myself, uh, customer experience, customer service operations isn't really like in our wheelhouse, right? If we're responsible for generating leads and making sales, customer experience is like, all right, an afterthought. And so one thing that I think is really cool with this program and probably the reason why a lot of real estate agents take it is because it's a weakness of theirs and they don't, they want a playbook. They want an operations manual. They want to be able to say, okay, I got the sales down. Now, how do I create the operations behind it? So the format is 16 weeks, 45 minutes of Zoom. And I know that's live. Mm-hmm. Um, is there interaction? Like talk talk to us a little bit about the homework and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, great question. Um, so it's actually 45 to 60 minutes. Um, and it's, again, Taylor and I rotating. It is live interaction. So I'm really big. I actually prefer to talk to you while the event or while the class is going on, answering your question, being able to talk about how you actually implement that in your business. Another benefit is you join our Operations Mastery private Facebook group for our coaching clients only. And that's where all of those templates are. And so we'll have people who comment and say, hey, Taylor, I'm in the middle of building my five-star program. Can you please read this email and tell me I didn't screw it up? Absolutely. 
And so that's another added benefit of it. So people are asking, it does launch at the end of August. Um, it does sell out. So if you are interested in joining, I know Jeff mentioned it's texting operations to 55444. That's how you get more information on the class. That's how you sign up for the class. Um, we do begin at the end of August, which is awesome because then you'll be in the class while you're planning your fall or winter client event. Awesome. And yeah, when she says it sells out, that's because we limit the number of people that can be in the group coaching program because we want there to be interaction. Uh, we, we, we don't want your questions to go unnoticed. You know, we don't want them to go unanswered. So we do limit the amount of attendees to enhance the experience for our clients. So if you could do me one last favor after you're done texting operations to five, five, four, 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 turn to the second to last page in your workbook. Second to last page in your workbook, it should look like this, Live Unreal Retreat Itinerary. I know at the beginning of the session, several of you, when she asked the question, who's been to our welcome parties at our events? Well, this is our next event, and it's going to be our biggest event. In fact, we're on pace for, I think, 850 mm -hmm. attendees from all over the country. We're going to have operations team members there, uh, listing agents, buyers agents, lead agents, brokers, owners. It's a really awesome event, and we have one focus and one focus only this year, and that is to build a massive listing inventory. So we're spending three and a half days in mastermind sessions, breakouts, interviews from the stage, panelists, instruction. I'm actually gonna be doing my live listing presentation. So for our operations people that are on today, go back to your lead agent and say, hey, we need to get to this event. Uh, she teaches breakout sessions. The other tailor teaches breakout sessions. It's very uh, heavy in terms of, here's all the things we're doing to manage 60 to 80 listings per month, per month. Here's all the things we're doing behind the scenes to help our agents take 60 to 80 listings per month, which is what we're taking right now. So check out liveunrealretreat.com. I'm sorry, it's gloveryou.com forward slash retreat. Sorry, we made that shorter for you. Gloveryou.com forward slash retreat. And everyone who signs up today, because I know a lot of you are, we're giving you a hundred bucks off. So use code SSTK at the checkout. So we know you're in today's session. SSTK, they get you a hundred bucks off your ticket. A lot of you guys are already planning on going. The ticket price is cheap to begin with. It's 449. So you guys are all getting it for 349 bucks. You know, most events like this are, you know, 697, 997, 1499. You guys get it for 350 bucks. Operations team members are welcome. And of course, all of your salespeople should be there as well. That's loveryou.com forward slash retreat. If we don't see you at the retreat this summer, we will perhaps see you tomorrow on the virtual tour stop. Where we'll be live from Cleveland. For those of you that chimed on late, that's gloveryou.com forward slash tour. You have an opportunity to see us live three hours on listing skills and listings training. If we don't see you there, we'll see you at the retreat. If we don't see you at the retreat, we'll see you in her group program. Until next time, make it a great one. See you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for taking your time to join our team today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.